0: Foundations
1: So Satan himself knew that God had decreed a Messiah was coming that would destroy him and he's tried every which way he could to thwart the plan of God and it came to nothing because God's plans will always succeed.
0: Foundations, understanding the Jewish foundations of our Christian faith with Robbo Robinson and Mandy Warby. We all want to know what the will of God is, and while we think it should be easy to know, and in some ways it is, it can be quite complex and hard to grasp. Over the coming programs, we're going to be looking at the four categories of God's will to hopefully help us come to understand and find some peace about God's will for our lives.
1: When you say the will of God, just, you know, just rest in the will of God. That sounds very nice, (laughs) but what is the will of God? You're right, it is easy, and yet it's actually quite complex. I think because most Christians would actually like to have a little sign dangle out of heaven and say, thou shalt be such and such, or thou Mm. shalt go there, and you're going to do this, that, and the other. Because we want to know what specific action God wants us to live out, Mm. what that particular, specific, unique
0: will is for us. A personal word for our life.
1: Exactly. That's kind of what we want. But God has actually revealed quite a lot about what his will is. In his word. And when you say the will of God, it's a bit too broad. So we've broken it into four categories.
0: So the first of those is his decretive will.
1: That's what we'll look at today.
0: Then there's his preceptive will.
1: There is God's permissive will and there is God's sovereign will. Now, God's sovereign will is very similar or close to his decretive will, but it is a bit of a brain strain. I struggle with that a little bit because it is actually quite complex yeah. and it actually seems seems a little bit conflicting as well. So we're leaving that to the last. Okay,
0: <laughs> sounds like a smart word. Yeah,
1: so we're going to look at God's decretive will. And what this basically means is that God alone decrees that something is going to happen. He determines it. He will set it in place and there is nothing we can do to move or shift him. When he decides that he's going to do something, he's going to do it. He decreed that his son would be born a human and live among us. He decreed that his son would be born in Bethlehem, and he was. He decreed he would be born of a virgin, and he was. So there's nothing that a human being could have done to actually thwart or sway or stop or intervene or change those particular decrees. Mm.
0: Or a demonic being as well because there was plenty of attempts to thwart that, but that didn't work out. Yeah,
1: absolutely. Nothing was going to sway that. In fact, there were hundreds of prophecies about the Messiah alone, just him alone, let alone all the decrees that God had made about other nations and, and the unfolding of human history in general. When God says something's going to happen, you can't shift him. Okay, so when it comes to um, God's decrees, listen to what Job 23.13 says. It says, He is unique and who can turn him? What his soul desires, that he does. Mm. Okay, so if God's decided that he's going to do something, he's going to do it. And there's nothing that you or I, not that you or I, Robbo, whatever, try to thwart (laughs) God, but there's nothing any human being could Mm. ever do to change God's mind once he's decreed something.
0: Well, even I guess... uh Much more powerful people than us. There uh, are more powerful
1: people than us? Well,
0: apparently. (laughs) Uh, Psalm 2 talks about this. It says, uh, Kings of the earth take their stand and the rulers take counsel together against the Lord and against his anointed, saying, Let's tear their fetters apart and cast away their cords from us. He, that is God, sits in the heavens and laughs. The Lord scoffs at them. Then he'll speak to them in his anger and terrifying them in his fury, saying, As for me... I have installed my king upon Zion, my holy mountain. I will surely tell of the decree of the Lord. He said to me, you are my son. Today I have begotten you. Ask of me and I'll surely give the nations as your inheritance and the very ends of the earth as your possession.
1: I love that psalm. It is a decree, isn't it? It's, it? Now, that's a decree and a half. But here's the thing. You've got the, all the kings of the world scheming and plotting together to overthrow God like you could. Mm. And here it's like God is not shaking in the heavens, you know, wringing his hands thinking, what am I going to do? He's laughing at them. He's scoffing at them. He has made this agree. He says that I will surely tell of the decree of the Lord. And he said, my son, my anointed, he is going to rule the nations. I'm going to give him these nations as an inheritance. Mm. Nothing is going to change that.
0: I guess this already proves God as being God, too, because obviously it reveals the end from the beginning when he prophesies something yeah. and then it comes to pass. Yeah. It proves that God, And know, Isaiah 46, uh, verse 10, it says, Declaring the end from the beginning and from ancient times, things which have not been done, saying, My purpose will be established and I'll accomplish all my good pleasure.
1: Yeah, so God is saying, this is going to happen at some particular point, this is what I've determined, and it's going to happen, and you can't do anything about it. Mm. And he's showing that he is actually God, so he's proving his divinity. And again, we can see something up ahead. You mentioned a spiritual entity, so if God prophesied right back in the garden that the seed of the woman was going to crush the serpent's head, so Satan himself knew that God had decreed a Messiah was coming that would destroy him, and he's tried every which way he could mm. to thwart the plan of God, and it came to nothing because God's plans will always succeed. And, you know, Paul actually spoke, I believe it was at Mars Hill, in Acts 17, you can read about it, where he was talking to the people at Mars Hill, and he was talking about how the Lord made the heavens and the earth, that he doesn't dwell in temples made with hands, and you can't serve him as in the fact that as though he needed something because God doesn't actually need us. He uses us mm. and he, as to achieve his purposes. But if we decided to fall to the ground and throw a hissy fit, he'll find somebody else. He doesn't actually need us. <laughs> yeah. And and he goes on to explain to them that we live and move and have our being in him. And so, in, again, what he's emphasizing to these uh, Gentiles is that God is the one who is in control. He's the one who orchestrates, sets the boundaries of nations and peoples, and he's the one orchestrating all of human history. Mm. And there's nothing we can do to change it because he's God. yeah it's amazing.
0: And he's been doing that since the beginning of time. Obviously Genesis 1, we see his decrees, and it hasn't stopped since then.:
1: No, 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 it hasn't. I mean he, I mean, God opens his mouth and it like this creative power of, of God's word, and everything comes into being. Let there be light and there was light. He decreed the the fish in in the waters and he decreed all of the the creatures crawling on the land and filling the skies of the heavens. Could you imagine? I hope there is a video of that in heaven. (laughs) I want to see what it's like when he created the birds and suddenly the skies just fill with winged creatures. I think it would have been magnificent. Mm. I hope we get to see a replay of that. But the point is we cannot change God's decretive will. There's nothing we can do about it. And as we saw, you read out Psalm 2 where all these leaders conspiring together and yet God is laughing, God is mocking at them and nothing is going to change it. So because God has made this decree for human history, it is going to unfold in the manner that he's decreed that it will. But the purpose is his plan of redemption. If it doesn't unfold then our goose is cooked, so to speak. Mm. The plan of redemption is absolutely essential for us, which is why he put it in place. We don't always comprehend. It doesn't make sense to us, and we don't understand the way it unfolds. But then after something has happened, you can look back at it and you have this, like, wow takes place in your brain where Mm. you go, look at what he did. You know, the Jewish people... A lot of the secular, atheistic Jewish people look at the Holocaust and they can't reconcile that part of God's plan to rebirth the state of Israel came out of the ashes of the Holocaust. How could it be God's will that six million Jews, not to mention how many other millions of people died in that atrocity, but that out of the ashes of those six million Jews that God would rebirth the state of Israel. And yet when you look at Ezekiel 37, you see God saying that the whole house of Israel was dead, this valley of dry bones, and yet out of that death God resurrects them and has shown his power. But they, they find it hard to reconcile that that was part of God's decreed will. But the point is, is that just because we don't understand it, Just because we don't like it or don't comprehend it doesn't mean we can change it or alter it, and it doesn't make it wrong. We're the ones who've got to conform to that. That's God's decretive will.
0: We're going to continue to learn about the will of God on Foundations. In our next program, we're going to move from the decretive will to His preceptive will. This has been Foundations, a look at the Jewish foundations of our Christian faith. For study notes, resources and more, see vision.org.au slash foundations.